Hello. Okay. Oh, also, I just saw something that I want to confront you about. Oh, jeez. Are you a toilet paper under roller? When you put the toilet paper on there, do you does it come down from under, or do you usually put it on over? I just I don't even pay attention. I just put it on, so yeah. I have no idea. It's probably every other time is a different. What kind of human are you? I just well, because you know how it's like connected, yes. connected when you. I just grab it and put it on, and I don't pay attention. And then the next time I go I to the think bathroom, you are the only person in America that does not have a preference. I don't have care. you not seen this everywhere that everyone's like, oh, I'm an over or I'm an under? No, or I don't care. I just want toilet paper. Because <laughs> if, the if there's no girl. toilet paper, then be your girl. It's not fun. Listen, I am strictly over. Strictly. What is my toilet paper right now? It's under. We'll go, we'll go fix it. I almost <laughs> You could have. <laughs> I would have never noticed. <laughs> Nobody would have noticed because yeah, we just really would have restrained myself because I'm in someone that's else's That's so house. funny. No, I wouldn't have. No. <laughs> I, I don't know. All right. Welcome back to this episode about toilet paper. <laughs> and intermittent fasting. <laughs> and it, it, together. Can yes. you believe it? Yes. They're so related. Thanks for coming back. We're talking about intermittent fasting today and yep. toilet paper. <laughs> and also, as a warning that we gave on another episode that we recorded on this couch, we're sitting on a leather couch because Brooke's fancy. I'm Brooke fancy. Fancy. So if you hear anything of us moving around, just like this, like this, that's what it is. Because this mic—I mean, I don't want to brag, but this mic is so good. It's gonna pick. <laughs> it's up. gonna pick up everything. Because we're professional podcasters. We are. We are professionals. So yeah, welcome back. To the yes. Professional Leather Couch Podcast. Yeah. All right. Intermittent fasting, Brooke. Let's talk about it. What Let's is it? About, what All is right. it? It's new. I Well, no. It's bad. not new. I feel like it's new in popular culture. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's it's come to the rise of the top of, like, the quote-unquote fad diets. Yeah. It's interesting to call it a diet, though. Right. Because it's kind of different. Not... You're not changing the types of food you're eating you're right. changing when you're eating you're changing the timing so your... typically what i let's see so brooke and i do our research separately mm-hmm. don't talk about it before because we're professionals well we want we want to <laughs> just we want to we want to keep an element of surprise yeah we want to keep that surprise going <laughs> um so i mean the more of the intermittent fasting i looked into was yeah. more of the timing patterns yeah um so encompassing um, a pattern to which an individual would go an extended period of time without eating. So that would essentially be like fasting for 16 hours at a time. Mm-hmm. So you're eating between the hours or you're like eating for an eight hour stretch and then you're fasting for the rest of those 24 hours. And when you say fasting, we mean, we both mean no calories, right? Right. Just water. Water. That coffee I've seen is allowed. No, oh. not what I have read. We all different things. Water. I've seen a few different places. Yeah, most places, I feel like it makes sense mostly just for water, but I've also seen like black coffee, but no like flavored waters or anything like that as well. Yeah, but nothing it's with just the calorie count- content, but okay, no black Yeah, coffee. so what I've, yeah. Guess it's your interpretation. I mean, this is really up to you anyways. But right. But to get the best results, water only. 
Right. And then there's also, if you Google intermittent fasting, you can also find things about people going like three days with fasting. Right. So we didn't do a lot of research into that just because that is, hey, it's like way harder to do. <laughs> and who wants to fast for three days? Not like, me. I, I also don't. feel like typically those like several days consecutively is usually a religious fasting. Yeah. Like what I've found is like, like Ramadan. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that, so that's the other thing too. Sometimes fasting people quantify fasting as like eating less than a certain number of calories or like Ramadan in their case, I'm pretty sure don't want to be culturally inappropriate, yeah. but I'm pretty sure they eat just after the sun goes down. Yeah. Not during the day. Right. So, but for day. like a month, it's like a month. Yeah, or it's a, month. it's a long time. Yeah. It's a long time. Kudos to you guys. Yeah, no, that's I, impressive. I, mean, I think I'd wake up at like 4 a.m. and eat before the sun came up. If that's Heck the rules. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I would find all my... I'd find my way around every rule. Tune in next week when we talk about Ramadan. Yes. <laughs> no. Anyways, um, so I found that like the typical standard protocol for intermittent fasting is either a 16-8, which is eating um, for eight hours and then fasting for 16, or they said the other most popular that they recommend or have done studies on is two days a week non-consecutive fasting for 24 hours. So like from dinner to dinner. Mm, right. Two, But non-consecutive. So it's like Tuesday and Friday or something like that. Right. So you would like eat lunch yep. at like 11.30 a.m. or yep. whatever, noon. And then you wouldn't eat again until lunch noon the next, the next day. day. Right. So um, 24 hours. Two times a week non-consecutive. That's what I found. There's other yeah. patterns. So certain people might do like instead of a 16-8... Maybe do like a 17, 7. I'm getting there. It's math. There's also been like 12 and 12. 12 and 12. Oh, easy. That's easy. <laughs> anyone. That's anyone. What everyone. Yeah, that's pretty easy to As long as with. you're sleeping normally. Mm-hmm. Um, or some, you know, so I think most of them that we saw went down to a six hour eating period mm-hmm. is like the lowest, like the tightest time. And then up to like, yeah, like Brooke said, 12. Would a still lot of the research is intermittent fasting. Yeah, I think a lot of it is more the eight hours, yeah. eight to nine hours. Yeah, so sixteen eight is the most common I saw, or the two days non consecutive fasting for twenty four hours. So, so which, which I never have, did. Which one have you done? I've done the sixteen eight, or so I mean, I. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. We were just talking about hours, and I was trying to think. I was like, I don't know if I really set a time, like hit a time of. I don't know. It's like I did it kind of modified. Because uh-huh. I never deprived myself. Like, if I was in a state, if I was like, okay, I'm going to try to eat for eight hours today. And um, so part of intermittent fasting is it's not restricting any of your food. What right. you're eating or changing what you're eating, it's changing the times you eat. So I was trying to eat probably for eight hours, maybe nine hours. But if I was super hungry at like 11 p.m., I would eat something. So it's pretty I'm mad sleeping at 11 p.m. Yeah, girl. But... I should be sleeping at <laughs> 11 p.m. But, so, yeah. But I aimed for... So Brooke and I have both tried this, and I aimed for like an eight nine hour eating mm-hmm. period, but and it mm-hmm. depends on the day too. Yeah, and then what I would find myself doing was before I was intermittent fasting, I would just get in the habit of like eating breakfast at like seven a.m. and I wasn't necessarily hungry at that point. And so what mm-hmm. I found was I started to like be more in tune with my body and actually intuitive eat better. So I would say, okay, I'm just going to make breakfast whenever I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. And I started finding myself, like, if I filled up my water bottle and tried to have two bottles of water in the morning, just, like, jumpstart my day, mm-hmm. by, like, 9 a.m. or 9.30 or sometimes 10, I was like, oh, 
I'm hungry. I should make breakfast. Yeah. So that I would kind of start my clock. Not not that I would like set a, a legit clock, but <laughs> I'd be like, oh, okay. It's, there it's is one 10, out there that will do it. It's 10 a.m. Yeah. I'm eating, so I'm going to have dinner by 6. And mm-hmm. typically, we eat dinner at 5.30 or 6, and then typically we don't snack after dinner, and then because we eat like a good dinner, and then we go to bed at like... <laughs> Seven nine. <laughs> so you know, like Where, for me, it was really for me, it was actually really easy to do. Um, Wait, so did you make an effort for every day being the same timetable, or was it just like when I'm nope. hungry, I started the clock? Nope. When okay. I That's was, was when I was hungry, I started the clock. And then um, some research I found was that like technically two days a week you could cheat and by cheat you just didn't time it like Mm -hmm. and you really just stuck with that 12 hour window which is super easy to do a 12 hour window if you're sleeping eight hours (laughs) it's very easy to do um so then like on the weekends I would typically just follow the 12 hour yeah and for me it was like really easy to do um once I got pregnant I stopped paying attention and I just ate when I was hungry Mm -hmm. because I was so nauseous um so since I've been pregnant the last eight months, I have not been following it. Right. However, when I before I was pregnant, I was following it, and for me, it was very easy and sustainable. Yeah, yeah, I did it um, for a few months. Mu- like I can't remember why does it feel so long. We, ago? we did it at the same time again. There was a lot of us actually at work that were kind of doing it. Yeah, Brooke and I tend to chat all the time. So when one of yes. us brings up something, we're like, Oh yeah, yeah, let's it try too. it. Jill, so one of our coworkers, she did. I think she tried more of the. The day thing. She did the 24 hours. Yes. She would do from lunch to lunch, which I, I think I tried to do once with her, and I just was like, no, I'm not I doing I can't this. miss dinner. I'm not good at it. Well, no, I don't like missing meals. Breakfast. And I was like, breakfast is my favorite Be- Breakfast meal. is my favorite. I'm not doing that. I could skip. Myself. I actually could skip dinner over skipping breakfast. For sure. Me too. If I had to choose a meal to skip, breakfast is not it. It's right. my favorite. Well, and it's hard, I think, too, with the family, with me, mm-hmm. it was like, we eat dinner every night together. Yeah. She's super uncomfortable. Yeah, and, you can't. And teaching my kids something I do not want him to learn. Yeah. To skip meals. So for me, it just wasn't sensible. <coughs> um, and I just wasn't into it. But yeah, so bro, 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 both Brooke and I, both Brooke and I did the intermittent fasting more like the 16-8 for a few months. Mm-hmm. I feel like solidly. Um, yeah. I, you know when I did it? I think I did it at the same time I did that whole... Um, 100 days of real food. Oh, yeah. I think it kind of overlapped with that. And I was, I did feel much better doing it. And mm-hmm. I think, I think what it did for me is it took out my unplanned, like unintentional snacking. That you didn't need. I didn't that you're, need. You weren't legitimately hungry. It was not intuitive eating for it me. It was not intuitive. Yeah. No. So right. it realigned kind of, I mean, I wasn't super strict. I just started the quote unquote clock. When I started getting hungry for mm-hmm. breakfast, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to, you know, so that means around 7 p.m. I should be done eating for the day. If I was hungry at 9 p.m., like I said before, I would eat. There was yeah. never a time where I was feeling deprived or like I couldn't or trying to stick to it, quote unquote. Yeah. It was very loose for me. Same here. But I wanted to get an idea of what does it feel like really to only eat for eight hours a day. And most of the time that I stuck to it or, or didn't feel hungry after 7 p.m., which yeah. was most days or... 6 p.m. It was after we ate with Aiden. So we usually eat at like 5.30. We've pushed it back to 6. So yeah, it was after that dinner meal that I just wasn't eating anymore at night. 
And that's when all my unhealthy, un, like poor choices come out is at night right before bed. I don't think I'm alone in that. <laughs> well, my, my next thing I was going to say was, so modified fasting regimens do appear to promote like weight loss and metabolic health. Part of the reason behind it is several lines of evidence show that the eating patterns of like trying to stick with a some, you know, some sort of time, whether it's eight hours or 12 hours, um, it will help eliminate the nighttime eating that's more out of habit mm-hmm. versus what you are legitimately hungry for. Um, totally. And then that's exactly what it did. For me. Yep. And then just it prolongs nightly fasting intervals, which can sustain improvements with human health. So, right. it, it, and a lot of it's about like the circadian rhythm too. Mm-hmm. So like our Spend bodies aren't really what, those, what that is. Well, it's just um. You know, it's like being awake during the day is when you're eating. And then when you're sleeping, like your body is resting. And so if you're eating so close to bedtime, it can mess up when you're falling asleep and Mm -hmm. it can mess up your sleep schedule. You're you're really getting your metabolism. Gosh, I cannot sleep today. today. Metabolism starts revving up and then you're trying to fall asleep, which is why a lot of people struggle with difficulty falling asleep I won't say insomnia because that's like a medically diagnosed issue Mm -hmm. but like a lot of times when I can't sleep I noticed either a I worked out too late in the day drank coffee too late or I ate too close to bedtime and your body's functioning it's working it's revved up so to fall asleep or to have a sound sleep I noticed that too when I did more intermittent fasting I slept better at night because Mm -hmm. I don't think my body was working as hard and I could really just legitimately rest now this goes back I feel like to 10 years ago about, I would say, a really popular thing when I was in high school, early college, was the always go to bed hungry. Do you yes, remember that? Yes. I remember this. So I played high school and college softball. And mm-hmm. I remember um, when I was like a senior in high school, that's like when that kick started. Yes. It was like around 2007. Yes. <laughs> you know what I think it, what I remember, why I think it is? Biggest Loser oh, was yeah. huge back then, which I totally right. self, like, um, what's it called when it's like your dirty little secret? Of, yeah, like, you, I used to watch what's it. That called? I mean, I didn't watch it long. Dirty. I, I did watch a few yeah. seasons, but I didn't like keep up with it. I long. was obsessed with that show. I'm even more obsessed into with nutrition schools. <laughs> I, I want to see Flipper Flop. No, my mom <laughs> and, and I. I see a granite countertop. Yeah, my mom and I. HGTV, like we bonded, like we love HGTV (laughs) and I got hooked on HGTV in like high school. So like I still would rather watch house makeovers than a person makeover. Yeah, but that's not embarrassing to me. (laughs) It was embarrassing that I was watching Biggest No, I was watching it too. Especially when I was going to school for nutrition because I totally didn't agree with any of their methods, but I was just like glued. Yeah, no, it was interesting. So anyways. And I like seeing the, I like seeing the workouts. Yeah. I did like seeing Oh, totally. The whole thing. When they started to get a little too drama, I was like, all right, I don't care about the drama. Right. I don't know what I did watch that show for. And A, why was it three hours long? Yeah. It's freaking three hours. Well, okay. Bachelor is wow. too, so. Yes. And I watched that. What's that called when you have like a, it's like a dirty little secret, like your cheat. Do you know it's what I'm like, Yeah, about? like your dirty little habit. Yeah. It's like, what do you, guilty pleasure. Pleasure. Guilty oh. pleasure. We got it. Oh, thank God. It was my guilty pleasure. Dirty Little Secret sounds a little too dirty. (laughs) Guilty pleasure is what it was. 
Anyways, I think what it was was Bob Harper came out with books, and of course they did. Yeah, and Jillian Michaels. Yeah, tons oh, of for workout sure. stuff. I did her. Actually, workout I really like her workout videos. I do too. Yeah, they're very effective. I could use her yelling in my face. Yeah, I she is a good trainer. Yeah. I'll give her that. She like she knows how to lift weights. She's done some shady shit though. Yeah, <laughs> she got kicked off the show for using caffeine pills for her intestines. Uh, okay, well I've done I her workouts. I'm laughing, yeah. and I like them. Me too. Yeah. Anyways. So Bob Harper, I think, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Bob Harper came out with a book and he had like seven rules to skinny or something. And one of them was go to bed hungry every night. So I don't agree with that. I don't think you should go to right. bed hungry, but I don't think you should go to bed full, like stuffed, like feeling yeah, like and you it, just ate. And if you eat a really well-balanced dinner at yes. like, I don't know, it doesn't have to be a specific time. It could be at 7 p.m. When but you're hungry for dinner. Yeah. If you eat a well-balanced dinner with PFC. protein, carbs, and fats. And fiber. And fiber. Like, then you, you don't necessarily, you don't feel like you have to snack before bed. Right. And that's the thing that we want to, yeah, okay. encourage you is like, if you're eating a protein, carb, and a fat for breakfast, for lunch, and dinner, and it just happens to be within that like eight to nine hour range, or even a twelve hour range, um, you're you're not you don't feel like you're depriving yourself because right. you're getting you're still getting three meals in a day. You can still snack between those meals, like totally. Um, you're still eating when you're hungry, and um, but again, I think you can lose some of that intuitive eating if you are um, sticking to that schedule so strict um so yeah. like Alyssa and I we were, we were following it pretty loosely we were mm-hmm. like well yeah we're gonna eat whenever we're hungry for breakfast we'll kind of start our mental Gauge clock yeah. but like I wasn't gonna not eat dinner if like dinner wasn't served at 6 p.m on the dot if right. dinner was ready at 6 20 yeah I'm still eating dinner right or like I said, if I got a 9 p.m. hunger strike and I'm not going to go to bed hungry, yeah. I'm going to eat a banana or something small. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be a huge second meal. But just a snack yeah. to get you by. Yeah. And I also, I know we're probably a little late for this trigger warning, uh, <laughs> but if yeah. you have disordered eating or have a history of an eating disorder, please do not try this. No. Don't do it. It's not for you. It's not for, it's really not something like Brooke said to be taken very strictly or, um, or, or I don't know, like it's not something that you should be focusing on. Don't get into that diet mentality. Brooke and I are never gonna propose something that's like in a diet mentality of can I eat this? What time is it? Can I eat this? Right. No, it's all about intuitive eating. But I do have to say, I think, and this is totally just my thought of I, I would bet that most people's intuitive eating, if you're eating something intuitively and eating your meals PFC and it's functioning for your body. I would bet that you're probably eating on an eight or nine hour schedule. Yeah, most days. And especially and again, if you're taking care of yourself and sleeping at night. Like I'm not. Yes, <laughs> if you're getting good sleep, I think that is a huge, yeah. a huge factor. Right. And for me, I, I generally like aimed to get eight, eight to nine hours of sleep. And so for me, it was like really easy. My dream. I mean, I, this baby's coming probably within a week, <laughs> so let's be real. I know, and I say my I dream. I will not be I sleeping. Can, I can do it. I just don't know. I don't. I stay up. To, so this is the problem with eating. Like, when I try to eat intuitively, when you're sleep deprived, it's really hard to do. It's so you're hard. you're up late, usually you snack late. It's just human nature, okay? Yeah, you you're go to bed early, Alyssa. You need second dinner, because the last time I ate was at 6 p.m. or 5.30. But if you go to bed at 9, you don't I need know. second dinner. But then I'm up early with our kid. Then I'm working all day and I get tired. And what do I do when I get tired to stay awake? Snack. Mm-hmm. So you end up eating when you really don't need food and you're just listening to more of those external cues versus right. the internal intuitive eating cues. So 
Anyways, back to an intuitive meeting. So we both had pretty positive experience with it because we did it pretty loosely and we're really gracious with ourselves. Um, and I really did feel better. I felt way less bloated in the morning. I remember yeah. that being my number one symptom that I was like, what? Why is this even related? How do I feel so much less bloated? But it was literally like, I don't know if this is scientific at all, <laughs> but in my head, the way that it felt was like my body shut down before it could finish digesting or metabolizing all the food that mm-hmm. I ate right before bed. So then the next morning I had work to do. Like I, you know, I still have like leftover stuff in my stomach that made me feel all bloated. I don't know if that's true. Mm-hmm. Probably not. But that's how it felt. I just felt really bloated um, and not bloated when I did intermittent fasting when I woke up. Yeah. Well, and just like in general for most people, it is sustainable long term to eat in an 8 to 12 hour window most days. Right. So um, it is a good place to start even for people who are pre-diabetic because they have found that intermittent fasting can help with glucose levels mm-hmm. um, because you're not necessarily like reaching for those unhealthy snacks. It's, it, it, a lot of it is just preventing those unhealthy snacks it, at night that you or even early in the morning, like some people... Their morning is they start with a sugary coffee drink at, let's say they start work at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. And they start with a coffee from Starbucks that has like 50 grams of sugar. And then they don't eat breakfast. Yeah. And then they're snacking until 10 at night. So that can really like, I mean, it can. That blood sugar roller coaster is going crazy all day. Right. All, so you're and you're just, not giving yourself a rest from it. So it's all right. day. And I think, yeah, so I found all that too. And the other thing that I found too when you're on, um, when they've researched people doing intermittent fasting, mostly the 16-8 rule, is that your actual insulin sensitivity improves. So not only is your Mm -hmm. blood glucose more controlled through just eating less time of the day, Mm -hmm. but that also your insulin is actually being absorbed more rapidly. So the insulin is the hormone that brings glucose into the muscles, into the cells, Um, that actually use it for energy. So when you have a higher sensitivity to that, insulin is better at doing its job, which is what Mm -hmm. you want it to do to control that peak of blood sugar. So when you eat and it starts to spike, so picture it like you're going up the roller coaster, if you have better insulin sensitivity, as soon as you eat, you start to release that insulin. That insulin goes, rushes to that peak, and starts bringing it down slowly. Instead of having a peak, 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 rise, 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 you have Let's say you don't have very good insulin sensitivity. You continue to rise even further because insulin isn't working as efficiently. So it's that's a nice perk to have your mm-hmm. insulin working better for you. Well, and one, one study I found um, was a group of obese men with prediabetes. So the point of the study was to see if they could get their glucose um, more, more normalized. Mm-hmm. So they did the intermittent fasting like Alyssa and I did, where it was an eight-hour period. <clears throat> Both groups maintained their weight. They weren't losing weight, but they weren't gaining weight, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a good thing. I mean, I think yep. for a lot of people, if you're kind of weight maintenance, that means that you're not doing anything like so dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after the five weeks, um, the eight-hour group had dramatically lowered their insulin levels and in- improved their insulin sensitivity, mm-hmm. and they um, helped their blood pressure. So they also said that they had um, decreased appetite, like... They weren't having as many cravings, um, and they weren't starving. They okay. said that they didn't feel deprived. Um, they didn't feel like they were starving themselves, mm-hmm. and they didn't lose weight, which was fine. Um, right. Because the main point of the study was, is it going to help your insulin levels? Is it going to help your glucose? And then they found like 
it helped their blood pressure. So that's some cool, like those are really, those are big deals. Yeah. Yeah. There is a lot of research out right now that seems really promising around intermittent fasting and not that I would recommend it or say to, especially not to be very strict about it, but I do think there's something to it that you don't feel deprived typically. I mean, there are certain people and certain personality types I think would be really like deprived or feel like, oh, right now I can't eat. I can't eat. I can't eat. And all you want to do is eat. Then this isn't for you. Like Mm -hmm. if that's how you feel when you're in your time zone of when you're supposed to be fasting, then don't do this. Don't try intermittent Mm -hmm. fasting because I think the higher the deprivation, the worse the rebound, you know, and you're going to binge, you're going to feel deprived and it's not going to be sustainable for you. But like for me, because I was super loose with it and I knew I always had the right or the choice to eat. If I was hungry, if I did get hungry, I proved it to myself every time in that non, in that fasting state during that time, if I got hungry, I would eat something. I proved that to myself. So I never felt deprived. I never Mm. felt like I was stuck without eating, but it did give me pause to say, am I really hungry or am I just reaching for something? Or is this a habit or is this... Nine times out of ten, it was just reaching for something. If I got past that point and checked in with my hunger scale, which we talked about in another episode, and I was actually hungry, like at a three or four, then have a snack. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Have a snack. It's going to be okay. You can start again tomorrow. Try again. Just, it's all about listening to your body. And I just think this might be hitting on something that our bodies work better in this stage. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily everyone 16-8 and, ev- you know, it could it's be It's just a circadian you. rhythm, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah, and I think it's getting back into touch with how our bodies were intended to be used. It's like all this research about sleep. There's so much positive that comes from sleep and actually having that time of rest in your body mm-hmm. that there's a ton of all this research, I think, has to do with the fact that you're probably getting better sleep. You're probably... Mm-hmm. And most of us, I think, if we have, like, a thought of, like, should we stay up late? Well, I can't eat, so I might as well go to bed. <laughs> I yeah. do think that's part of it. So you probably get better sleep, and I think that's a big part of a lot of this. So Yeah, I think we really have to look at our mental health before mm-hmm. even trying something like this. Um, just because, like, there are a lot of people that shouldn't fast, or they shouldn't do intermittent fasting. Right. So the research... Most anyone with any sort of disease state... It's yeah, like, don't a do lot it. of it was, you know, if your diabetes is advanced right, and you're on medications, um, if you obviously have any sort of eating disorder or disordered eating, mm-hmm. pregnant or breastfeeding, um, yep. again, like those trying are... Trying to get pregnant, even they said during yeah. trying to conceive, they said they don't recommend it. Growing teenagers. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of people that don't necessarily, um, that they shouldn't try it. The thing I found with diabetes was if, if it's if you're pre-diabetic, you're not on meds yet, or you know that you're struggling with your glucose levels, this may be something to try. But if you're with like, your doctor or a dietitian, yeah. right, supporting you. But yeah, I pretty much found an entire list, and it was like every possible disease state out there or issue with the body. They were like, don't do it because so many things are. It's such there's so many cofactors, right? Mm-hmm. And then especially if you're on a medication. Medications are really finicky. Sometimes you have to be on a, on a full stomach when you take them. Sometimes on an empty stomach, you need to talk to a, a pharmacist. So we're not recommend. I, this is true of all of our podcasts. We're never recommending you try something. Brooke mm-hmm. and I are just candidly chatting about it. Right, because <laughs> A, it's like a hot topic, yeah. and B, we've like had experience with it. Sure. And we want to tell you the latest research. The hard thing about the research for this, um, what I found, was there are a lot of mice studies yeah, and rat studies and it's not the same for humans. Yeah, like exactly. So I really struggle with like looking at mice studies 
in rat studies because just because something works well for a rat or doesn't work well for a rat doesn't mean <laughs> that it's going to work well for a human. Um, uh-huh. So, I mean, I did find some stuff about intermittent fasting and high-intensity interval training that it can result in, like, higher fat loss than doing one of them by themselves. So, and like, I saw, too, with that muscle gain. Not mm-hmm. necessarily with high-intensity interval training, but with any sort of exercise you're doing, it was higher fat loss and an increased muscle gain, which I was surprised yes. by. And I think what that comes from is rest. You're yeah. resting. That's, and what, um, when I was doing it, the studies I had found was that actually a nine hour window was more effective with strength training. And so at that point I was trying to do more like resistance training, not heavy resistance training, Mm -hmm. but I was doing more, um, um, like low impact, um, high reps, like low weights. Um, and I was finding that it, I felt better during my workouts when I was doing it during that nine hours. But it could be because I was focusing more on my sleep, too. Yeah. And, like, getting better quality sleep. Well, so when you say that, when were you working out in that 16, 8, or So, 15, typically nine. what I would do is I would eat dinner, and then I would go to the gym. And then afterward. you wouldn't eat after the gym. Correct. I would oh, drink a lot of water. Okay. So, it's hard. But so that exercise, was just what my class schedule was, right. you know? So, it hard. wasn't... It was based, because I don't like going to the gym if I'm not in a class. Right. Yeah, me too. Um, class activities, man. Yeah, so I did find a lot of things about exercise that they don't recommend waking up and exercising after 16, 17, 18 hours of fasting. Um, that they do recommend eating and then going to the gym during your bed state. During your eating state. And I've heard other so, things too. I've heard... Well, there's a lot of research about exercising in a fasted state that it's actually better for if, you... If you're hydrated too. Yeah, you have to be hydrated. So maybe I'll do a whole episode on that because I do think that's like a hot topic in the industry that like some people will only work out while they're fasted first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Some people will... Like I don't do super well with that. Um, I do okay. I do like my spin class fasted. No, I don't. I eat before it. That's why. That was a lot. I've done it and I... Sometimes it depends on what my workout is. See, I think everyone's just different. Yeah. I think like we can do a whole episode on it because I think it'd be interesting to look at the research. But I do think everyone's just different because I've tried fasted workouts. I've tried fed workouts. I've tried middle of the day, end of night. Like it's also different for me and what works best. And certain workouts work better for me at certain times of day. Yes. So and like, I do better when I run yeah. at night. But if I lift or do spin, I do better in the morning. Yeah, and then there's certain tapes. things, there's certain, like, workouts where if I go fasted, I feel like I'm going to pass out, right. but then there's certain workouts that I just need to get up and go, and I'm fine. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm going to pass out. I chug water, and I'm, I'm good. So I think it really varies, and I mean, right. again, I think that there is just more research that needs to be done on intermittent fasting, because... In long-term, too. The long-term effects of it, um, there are some, like, randomized controlled trials, there's a lot mm-hmm. of mice and rat studies, but again, we don't know how yeah. legit those are in humans. They're also doing a lot of research in humans, but also in mice and rats for brain health. Yeah. There's like some research to show that it might actually stave off like um, Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, there's some for, there's some minimal research about MS. Like, so there are certain things that they're doing research currently on. Yeah. Um, cancer's a big one that they're trying to work with. Um, and that's just, I feel like most diets, especially the fat diets they're trying to say are linked to like starving your cancer or preventing mm-hmm. it or anything like that. So I think, um, there's a lot of research to be done. I don't, as a scientist that I am, I don't see a harm in it. Like 
as far as you're not limiting certain types of food, you're not eliminating foods, you're just changing the times that you focus on eating. And focus on sleep. Yeah, so think as long as you use, you know, our tips or other dietitians or whatever about gentle nutrition and eating the right foods while you are eating to keep you satiated and full through that fasting state mm-hmm. so you don't feel deprived and you don't feel hungry, then I I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with it. I don't mm-hmm. see that there's going to be any long-term effects on like your kidneys or your liver like there are in some other right. diseases or some other diets. And again, if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, right. like there's other times in your life where it's not, it's not recommended. Right. You know, like exactly. I would just not do it in those states. Um, I also wrote a word right here that I don't know what it says. So I'm going to skip that point that uh-huh. I made when I was researching. Um, I did see in one of the studies, a human study that was out of a hundred people, 38%. So 38 people dropped out cause they couldn't keep, they couldn't, um, sustain it, mm-hmm. which I thought was very interesting. They were doing 16, eight. It's, I mean, I guess when I think of it, I feel like I probably did 15, nine. Cause when I think of when I, yeah, st- I probably I, did 15, nine more yeah. often, but I, yeah. yeah, which is fine. I don't think there, I, I honestly, even like Brooke said, even 12 and 12, I think is totally fine. It's not even, you shouldn't even be timing it. I just think it's something to pay attention to mm-hmm. that, oh, when I eat past 9 p.m., I don't feel great the next day. You know, that's right. some, that's part of intuitive eating and, and paying attention to those cues. But anyways, I thought that was interesting because at 16, 8, for a lot of people, that's what, it, I mean, what times would that be? That'd be like, you'd start at like 10, eat at 5. Well, I think the hard thing about it, half. okay, no, I think the hard seven. thing for a lot of people is, this is just my general opinion. So, like, let's say you start work at 7 or 8 a.m. Right. I think a lot of people are like, I'm going to eat breakfast before I go to work. Yeah. And then there's a longer gap between breakfast and lunch, and that's maybe when you, like, start to get more hungry. What I found was, like, if I had to go into the office, and if I ate breakfast before I went into the office, I was hungry before lunch. So then what I started doing was, if I had to go in the office to train... I would drink water all morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I would make my coffee in my Yeti and I would put it and I wouldn't touch it mm-hmm. until I got to work because I wanted to like rehydrate with water. And then I would make my breakfast and I would put it in a Tupperware and I wouldn't actually eat my coffee and I, or I wouldn't eat my breakfast and I wouldn't drink my coffee until I got into the office and until I felt hungry. Okay. So I told myself I can have it whenever I'm hungry, Girl, whenever I, I get like to the office. threw it out the window when we worked in the office. I remember that. I was yeah. like, whatever. I brought it, but then, and then sometimes I would eat at eight. Sometimes I'd eat it at nine or yeah. whatever. It just depended. But if I, if I, when, when we were working in the office every day, I was in the habit of, I ate at six, six AM. Yeah. And from six AM until noon, that's a long time. That's six sure. hours. So for me, I was like, well, if I just wake up and drink water and then like get ready, I'm actually not even hungry until like. Not yeah. hungry till nine. So why am I eat, why am I forcing myself to eat at six Can when I'm not hungry? Lifestyle. Yeah. That's and we know we need breakfast. Right. So like I knew a long day. Yeah, of course like we need to eat breakfast, but yeah, for me I think and that I think that's why a lot of people struggle is because they feel like they have to eat breakfast before they get to work. And I don't know what everyone's job situation is. Like if you're, if you're a teacher and you only have five minutes to eat, like it is yeah. it can be a struggle, but um, so if you true. have the luxury of being able to like eat at work or kind of mess with it when you start eating, like that schedule. I yeah, think you're that probably right. Sense. I think a lot of it 
is likely lifestyle and what fits because like I said family dinner is really important to us uh-huh. and I would hope that it's very important to most people in America so it's like okay you have family dinner at what six maybe seven if people have practices or whatever so then that really does kind of change the time that you can quote unquote start eating so it's like it, it depends on you and your lifestyle but I do think it's inter- it's an interesting um, facet of intuitive eating of looking at the times that you do best eating between. Mm-hmm. Um, do you function best when you wake up and the first thing you do is eat? Or does it work best for you to slowly wake up, get hydrated, maybe drink a cup of coffee, and then eat your breakfast when you're hungry? Everyone's different. And, mm-hmm. by the way, ours changes day to day. We talk about that. Some days I do have to wake up and eat right away. Sometimes I need to eat at 7. Yeah, sometimes it's 10.30 and I go, oh, I should... Did I, I have breakfast? Yeah, I should probably eat something. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's all about that intuitive eating. That's where the basis is going to come from. That's what we believe in. This was just an in- interesting facet for us to try with very minimal side effects um, that I would say for anyone that's in like a healthy, normal state with no disease states. And it was super flexible for us. I was not super strict with it, but it was really interesting to try. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I actually feel like I did really well on it. I think it took out a lot of my unnecessary eating that I was doing out of stress habit. or yeah, habit, ty- being tired, staying up and watching a show. Um, there's a lot of things that I think, or just when your kid goes to bed, <laughs> listen, parents, you gotta be with me. When your kid goes to bed, that's where like the snacks come Freedom! out. Freedom! Freedom! Yeah. <laughs> I, I know I'm not the only mom to eat like ice cream after your kid goes to bed. Oh yeah, because you don't want them to be like, Mom, I want ice cream. You don't want to normalize it for them to the point where they're asking for it every night. And you don't want to share your ice cream. And you don't want to share. They don't. They can't open the freezer. They don't. Listen, know what's in when there. Halloween season was around, good night, oh, yeah. Aiden. Bye. Broke into the candy. Halloween candy. <laughs> Like he didn't notice. He's still three, so we got time before he notices. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably like one more year. Anyways. Oh, um, the other thing I wanted to touch on that I can read what I ate, oh, okay. what I wrote. Um, social life. So, oh, I've kind of already touched on this. We'll just cut that out. <laughs> well, no, I think the social life is fine. Um, I think that I think as long as you're being um, flexible with your schedule, it's fine. Yeah. Because, like, again, and a lot of research I found was, like, two, three days a week, you can eat in that 12 hour window and it's not going to change. So like it was just as effective to do it five days a week versus seven days a week. Right. And a lot of research I read. So it was like, if your friends want to go out for dinner, a late dinner on a Friday or Saturday night, it's actually fine. Because yeah. That's true. You're not, you don't have to follow it seven days a week. Yeah. And this goes back to diet mentality. Like don't fall into the diet mentality trap of like, I can't eat. I can't eat. I can't eat. I can't eat now. I can't eat this. It's all relative. Like, yeah, live you your can life. Eat whenever you want. Yeah. Enjoy your social life with friends or family or whatever that might look like. Just come back to paying attention to your body. And I think, oh, the other thing I have here too is binging. So I think some of the research I saw, some of the um, comments I saw from other people who have tried this, was they found themselves feeling deprived during their fed state. So they would eat in preparation of their fasted state. That is not what this is for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not. Like, hey, load up now so you can make it through the night. This is have balanced food, pay attention to your body, intuitively eat, eat what works for your body, and then see if you even need to eat until the next day. Like, maybe you do. That's why I've said this a thousand times. Just eat. Then take uh, get a snack right before bed or whatever if you need to. But it's just the thought of being a little bit more intentional about what times work best for you for eating. 
don't go on a binge. Don't, you know, don't prep or save up or whatever people do in preparation. And some people may find that like this does not work and they need to do a bedtime, like a healthy bedtime snack totally every night. And for some people it actually helps their metabolism. Sure. So it's, it's not for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. I know a lot of dietitians actually recommend a bedtime snack, not like right before bed, but like, let's say you go to bed at 10, you know, eating like a light snack, like a piece of fruit and cheese or mm-hmm. some nuts and fruit or veggies, like just something light um, there is like also research to show that doing that a few hours before bed, so maybe at 8 p.m. and you go to bed at 10, that there are some um, positive effects of that too. So, mm-hmm. Or a lot of people with blood sugar control issues. Oh, yeah. When they go to bed and they start depleting through their blood sugar and then their glycogen starts to release and their blood sugar spikes because they have that release of glucose in the middle of the night to get them through. If they have a bedtime snack, it stays much more steady. So there are certain people in certain instances that... Just do what do what makes your body feel its best. Just be honest with yourself about what feels best. Right, and it, and it's okay to experiment like with different things as long as you're not doing something so extreme and strict. And don't get into that diet mentality of if this doesn't work, it fails. Like when when I was doing intermittent fasting, this was not for the intention of losing weight. This was not for the intention of anything. Uh, keep saying vain. I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah, I wasn't trying to lose weight either. Yeah, it had nothing to do with that. It was literally just trying to see what my body needed and when. And to get back to that intuitive eating practice, to get back to how does my body feel its best. And I really did notice, for me, the only... I didn't see a weight loss. I didn't see anything like that, which I was fine with. What I did see was the bloating. That was a huge thing for me. I just felt... My mornings, I felt so much better that it made a difference to me that now I can, I can know going forward if I did it again, I'm sure I'd feel better in the morning. So mm-hmm. if I get to a point where I'm feeling cruddy in the morning, can't wake up, feel kind of bloated, uncomfortable, whatever, to try it again. So it's something you just learn about your body. And over time, it just takes time to learn yourself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. all right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. That went fast, I feel like. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> so if you want to talk more, yeah, if you want to learn more about intermittent fasting or if you want to learn specifics about like intermittent fasting plus exercise or like anything more detailed about it, let mm-hmm. us know. Or any other topics, email us at hello at dietrightpodcast.com. Um, you can also get in touch with us on our Instagram, which is our favorite place to hang out. Yes. <laughs> at diet.riot.podcast. Um, you can go ahead and send us a message over there. Or leave us a comment and we'll check in with you. And maybe we'll cover one of your recommendations or answer your questions there. So thanks, guys, for tuning in. See you next week, next Tuesday. Yep. Because Tuesdays Tuesdays are the worst days of the week. Yep. And hopefully this makes it a little bit brighter. Yep. Okay, bye. Bye. Couch, couch, couch. (laughs) Couch, leather couch. Leather couch. So rich.